Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sake Revolution. This is America's first sake podcast, and I think it's favorite, but who knows? Uh, I'm your host, John Puma from the Sake Notes. I'm also the administrator at the Internet Sake Discord. Uh, also, the guy who runs the r slash sake subreddit. And uh, on this show, the gentleman who is not the Sake Samurai, so there's no confusion. And I'm your host, Timothy Sullivan. I am the Sake Samurai. I am a sake educator, as well as the founder of the Urban Sake website. And every week, John and I will be here tasting and chatting about all things sake and doing our best to make it fun and easy to understand. So, Tim, you yeah. know, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we we, um, we ventured once again to the sake education corner, hmm. and it had been a little while. Now, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I did pick up the place a tiny bit. Yes, it's looking good in here. And, uh, I felt like, well, he's going to surprise me with some sake education um, on our sake education podcast. I should probably be ready <laughs> and have the place at least looking presentable. Uh, so I got the, the thought in my head that maybe we'd be venturing back soon. And here we are. Yes, we are. Sake education in the corner. Yes. And <laughs> one thing that I know a lot of people enjoy about sake tasting is all the different cups and glasses they can use to taste sake. I think it makes a big difference to the experience. If you have a beautiful sake glass or beautiful cup, it adds to your enjoyment of the sake. So we're going to venture into our vessel series again and talk about a unique type of sake cup that you probably have seen and you might not know the whole story. So we're going to yes. dive into that today. Excellent. Excellent. It is a very familiar to anybody who's been around sake for a little bit. It, you may not have even seen this cup before, but I am absolutely certain you've definitely seen a logo or something like that that uses elements of this cup. Yes. <laughs> it is, it's so pervasive in sake uh, culture and advertising. Once we explain it, you might not be able to unsee it. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, let's talk about tonight's sake vessel. We could consider this an extension of our sake vessels episode on the Ochoco. So to remind everyone, Ochoco is probably the most standard, most ubiquitous sake cup, smaller in size, usually porcelain and smooth-sided Standard, small, regular sake cup made out of ceramic or porcelain. So across izakaya counters of the world, you're going to see these small ceramic or porcelain sake cups. And that's simply called an ochoco. But we're going to dive deeper tonight into a type of ochoco that is specifically for evaluating sake. And you see them quite often as well. And this is known mm -hmm. as the kiki choco. Kiki. Kiki. K-I-K-I. -K -I. Kiki. Oh, in, in Japanese, oh, choco. Oh is like an honorific. Honorific, it's a, yes. It's an it is a, it's a honorable choco. What is kiki? Well, kiki is often translated as uh, tasting. So there's another famous sake term that where you're going to hear kiki, and that is kiki zake shi. That means sake samoye, or Ooh. like a, a sake tasting expert kiki zakeshi mm. so kiki choko is a tasting sake cup cup for sake tasting and it's really true there are some characteristics about a kiki choko 
that are different from just a plain old regular Ochoco. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm. I'm going to confess something to you, Tim. Yeah. Uh, when I was first getting into sake, I spent a lot of years thinking that Kiki Choco was an Ochoco and the O was because it was the honorable uh, cup you taste things out for, for important <laughs> events because of the well, things we'll get into in a little bit. And um, later on, uh, when I encountered regular uh, Ochoco, I was suddenly confused. It's a, what do I call these now? Because <laughs> I thought I thought the other one was the Ochoco. What is this one? And yeah, so that led to a little bit of confusion in yeah. uh, young jo- young Jumpuma's budding sake <laughs> uh, tasting career. Well, we are here to help all the young John Pumas of today avoid this confusion. So, John, if I pick up the Kiki Choco and yes. we look inside, describe to me what you see inside here and the bottom of the cup. There are two blue circles. Right. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> it is white. It's a porcelain cup. It is white. It's bone white. Yes. Well, probably more, more white than bone. But it is very, very white. And it, at the bottom of the cup, there is two blue circles that almost look like a blue bullseye. Yes. So it's it's a bullseye style design, one circle inside the other, and they are dark indigo blue circles on a white background. Mm-hmm. Now, this design has its own name in Japanese. This is Ooh. called Janome. Janome. Janome, which mm. means snake eye. so in in english (laughs) in english this concentric circles like you see on a dartboard in an english pub or whatever we call that a bullseye but in japanese it's janome or a snake eye and it's concentric rings of blue and white Mm, and i guess that reveals a distinct lack of bulls in ancient japan (laughs) maybe more snakes than bulls (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah they call it a snake eye design and this is as you as you alluded to a moment ago this is this blue concentric rings this is a symbol of not just this cup but the sake industry in general yes. you see this all over now i'll refer you to the the sake notes logo or the urban sake logo both of them use blue and white lines to create a riff on this janome Kiki Choco design. Mm-hmm. And now, even when you don't see the rings, that color scheme, yes. the white and that dark blue is so prominent and very attractive. It looks great. And so I think that a lot of people adopt it when they're working on, on how to brand their sake company. Yeah. Now, if you want to see the inside of the Kiki Choco, you can visit our show notes real quick, sakerevolution.com. You can see a quick photo of what this looks like inside. But John, there is a very practical purpose for these blue and white circles at the bottom of this white cup. What What is the purpose of these circles? So the blue and the white are, if, if I'm not mistaken, are utilized in being able to discern the color of the sake. Yes. So the contrast between the blue and the white is incredibly stark. And when you peer into, again, those circles are at the bottom of the cup. And when you peer into the cup, you look through the sake and you can assess the color and the clarity of the sake by Mm. seeing how distinct the white to blue transition is. Does it look blurry? Does it look crystal clear? Does the white have a little bit of yellowish cast to it? So 
the blue and white circles offer contrasting view to be able to assess the color and clarity of the sake. So this John O'May or blue circle logo at the bottom of these Kiki Zake tasting cups is really a very practical tool for people assessing sake. So it doesn't just look cool. doesn't just look cool, although it really <laughs> looks cool. Uh, it is used to evaluate the clarity and the color of the sake. And another thing that we have to point out is that the official Kiki Choco that you and I both have today for this recording, these are not dainty small cups, are they? No, this is a, a big one. Yeah, this, is this is the is... largest I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so what... Mine is the largest I've ever seen. I believe yours is exactly the same size. Yeah, so what we have are the official sake tasting cups. So an official Kiki Choco is about three inches in diameter and three inches tall, just to get a sense of the scale of it. And when you do an official sake evaluation in Japan at a Japanese brewery, you'll see these white Kiki Choco lined up along a table. And people come up to the cup, they sip out of the cup, they smell out of the cup, and they look down into the cup at those blue circles and they do their evaluation. And if you ever go to a sake brewery and you're invited to do an official industry tasting, you're going to see these large Kiki Choco cups lined up. So this is an industry standard working cup for evaluation. That's nice. really important. So, so this was money well spent when I came across this in a shop one day and was like, this is the biggest one of these I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Yes. Now, you and I have the industry standard three-inch diameter ones, but if you're in an izakaya or if you're in a gift shop in Japan, you're going to see these white ceramic cups with the blue circles inside, and they're going to be in all different sizes. So if you get a smaller one, it doesn't mean it's not a good Kiki Choco. It's just not an official sake evaluation kiki choco but they come in all all different sizes yeah and um if you're around sake events and sake breweries and uh and sake brewers long enough you will acquire many little very tiny <laughs> kiki chocos whether you like it or not is this going to happen yes they're gonna have all the little logos on them but they're going to be really really diminutive yeah so those blue and white concentric circles, those you're going to see all over the world of sake when it comes to logos and all different things. Yeah. And these large size cups, these are the industry standard size. I also have to mention that we did another episode on Masu, right? The wooden yes, square wooden did. box. And what mm -hmm. was, do you remember the volume size for the wooden Masu? I believe it was about 180 milliliter. That's right. That's one yes. go. That's one considered one serving. And any guesses on the size of this? Oh, it would be awesome if it was 180 milliliters. It is. Ah, <laughs> you got great. it. <laughs> so again, it's one. If you filled it up to the top, it's one go, 180 milliliters. So the Masu, the standard industry size Kiki Choco, are both set to the same standard of 180 milliliters. So mm. excellent, excellent. Yeah. So that's a little bit of the story behind this cup. Mm -hmm. I have a really quick question yeah. about you. So you mentioned this is like the official sake tasting cup or evaluating sake. Yes. And one thing we talk about on the show a lot uh, is 
that the aroma of the sake is a huge part of it. Um, you know, as, as people, as humans, that is how a part of how we experience taste is through the aroma. But um, this doesn't seem like it's going to do an, an amazing job <laughs> mm. of, of funneling those aromas towards my nose the way my wine glass does. Right. Is that something that kind of comes up with this sort of thing? And, and how do you work around that? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we've tasted in our vessel series, we've always done this comparison, wine glass to different vessels. And we're going to do that again today. But I think that the tradition of tasting officially out of these kikichoko, these ceramic 180 milliliter sake cups, is steeped in the past. So Mm. before we had these wine-like aromatics. We're talking like 1960s, 1970s. So the fact that these are still hanging around and used in official government evaluations of sake and many, many sake breweries, when they do internal evaluations of sake, put these out on the counter. And it's just been the standard for so long. It's like the legacy cup. Mm, so, so there's a hearty amount of tradition attached to this. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Does it mean it's the best cup for evaluating aromas? Probably not. But aroma <laughs> was not the main focus mm. 50 years ago. Right. So we're entering a new era where perhaps the wine glass is the best vessel for evaluating. And we're going to put that to the test today. So that that is wow. such a great question. And... The other side of the coin, John, is that there's something to be said for uniformity of tasting vessel. So if everyone in the industry is using this cup, even if it's maybe not ideal for the most Mm -hmm. wine-like aromas or most perfumed aromas, if everyone's using the same cup, then you're going to get more uniformity in evaluations. So I think Mm. sticking to the same vessel, whether it's a wine cup or whether it's a kikichoko, is important so you're not comparing apples to oranges. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. If you have a whole bunch of people doing the same kind of evaluation across the world, not just one city, not just one country, it makes a lot of sense to have them all speaking the same language and understanding the same thing because you can really manipulate a beverage based on the glass shape. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, when I drink out of a Kiki Choco at home, I rarely break out my industry standard size one. It's a little bit too big. Mm, it's quite large. Yeah. It's a little bit too big to just enjoyably sip out of. That's why the smaller ones, the non-industry standard size ones, are more common in izakaya. You get maybe a two or a three-ounce one. This one is a six-ounce cup. So it's a little Mm. bit heavier to hold. and um, So we don't usually use these for everyday drinking of sake. Again, more for industry evaluations, but they are fun to have. Yeah. I have to say, I probably haven't utilized mine in, in, in quite a bit. Uh, cause it is, you know, it's not what I'm going to be sipping out of to every day at home. Right. All right. Well, I think we should get onto our tasting and put this Kiki Choco to the test against our, our standard wine glass. Sounds great. Which one are we starting with? Well, let's pour our sake into both. And before we do that, why don't you introduce us to the sake we're going to be featuring? Now, this is a repeater. <laughs> this is a sake we've featured before on the podcast. Damn, you outed us right away. What are you doing? <laughs> this is a sake we've featured before on the podcast, but it is the season. 
It is the season for this style it, of sake. It, so. is, it is the season. And in New York, it has... Mm, summer left like it owed somebody money. <laughs> like it is fall. <laughs> Suddenly and aggressively. But yes, we are going to be drinking today the Kid Junmai Ginjo Hia Oroshi. Hia Oroshi, of course, is the autumn seasonal sake. One of my favorite sake seasons the autumn so the brewery here is a uh, heiwa shuzo and they are located over in wakayama prefecture the rice here is gohyaku mangoku but they do a little fun thing here where the koji is milled to 50 percent and the kakemai is milled to 55 percent uh which is a little, a little different a little interesting the uh, sake meter value that measure of dried sweet is 1.5 so Probably not measurable. <laughs> 15% alcohol and the acidity is 1.7. Yeah, and just a quick reminder for some of our listeners, we featured this sake in detail in episode 24, where we introduced Hiya Oroshi. And that, again, as you mentioned, is a fall seasonal sake. It's often called a fall nama, and it's uh, often a nama zume type. So this is a sake you often see around Japan featured in liquor stores and grocery stores as a seasonal release in the fall. And it is definitely the season to enjoy Hiroshi. So (laughs) lucky we could have this one back on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode 24, Tim, that feels like forever ago. A hundred, a hundred so, episodes ago. Oh my God, really? Yes. <laughs> so let's get it in the glasses. Yes. <laughs> okay, so. All right. So we have sake in our kikichoko. That is our white ceramic cup with the blue circles on the bottom. And then we have it in our wine glass. So just for fun, let's look in our Kiki Choco first. So I've got it on the table, and I'm looking down from above. Mm. And I can see that the bright, bright white is a little bit muted. Very slightly. Very slightly. Mm-hmm. Very slightly. But it's there, and you can tell yeah. that Kiki Choco is doing its job. Yes. And the delineation between the white circles and the blue circles is not a hundred percent crystal clear. I think maybe there's mm-hmm. just a, a little bit of lack of clarity there. So that gives mm-hmm. me a sense that maybe there's, uh, it's not, this speaks to the clarity we're looking for is perhaps how much charcoal filtering went on here. Was it super mm. aggressive and you have something that is literally the color of water or is there <laughs> something a little bit more going on where maybe there's a little bit of very minute microparticulates in a little bit of rice left in there, or if there's um, something else going on. So this is what the evaluation that they do when they look down into the Kiki Choco. Mm. And this looks very, very clear, but to my eye, just not as clear as water. Like if you were to put water in here, this looks a little bit different than that, don't you think? I agree. Uh, I think that it's it is very very subtle, uh, and I think that if you look at it the first time you look at it, you're like, oh, this is clear, and then you kind of look at some water for a moment, and you go, well, not it's not as clear as this. So yeah, that's your baseline. <laughs> right. Okay, and we also have it in our wine glass, so I'm going to hold this up and look in our wine glass as well. I'm using my tried and true hold this up to the monitor with a white 
page on it. Uh, and it is betraying it a little bit. Oh, I'm getting oh. some. Um, no, I'm gonna, yeah, you gotta get a white page. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, or maybe my white balance is off on my screen, but um, I'm getting a, a tiny hint of uh, off white to it. But I experienced that a little bit um, in the Kiki Choco too. The variations we're talking about are ultra subtle, <laughs> aren't they, John? Yeah, they're yeah. pretty subtle. Pretty subtle. Yeah. All right. Pretty subtle. So I'm gonna start with the Kiki Choco, and let's do our best to smell the aroma from this. Uh, again, this is, cup has about a three inch diameter to it. And it's like a ramekin or something like that. It's, you know, it's a pretty large porcelain mm. cup, ceramic cup. All right. Yeah. So, so Tim, do we like really subtly swirl this? Like what's the story here? Uh, no, I don't think you're, you're, <laughs> I think swirling is dangerous in this cup. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be swirling here, but, we're going to just bring it up to the nose and give it a smell. Okay, it smells fruity, but it also feels like something's escaping me. Like it doesn't feel easy to get a good grasp on the aroma. No, it's, it is, I feel like I should be taking in more than I am. Um, and I'm, I'm just not. Yeah, if you put your hand over the cup and like, cover most yeah, of I, it you can get a little bit more channeled to your nose that way but that doesn't look very elegant <laughs> no it does not um i can get a little bit more funneled into my nose when i put my hand up I, i'm getting some banana hmm. uh, but i don't get a ton of anything yeah what i'm picking up on is just general fruitiness mm. and not it's not as distinct or uh, i'm not able to pinpoint as much using this cup so i think I'm pretty well decided that this is not the best for evaluating aroma. I haven't even picked up the wine glass yet, but <laughs> you know, knowing this sake, I don't think this is probably the best way to do it. So right. should we should we give it a taste out of the Ochoco? Yes, please. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Mm. Now that works just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no problems here. I didn't put my hand up or anything. <laughs> Tastes fine. That has a lovely rich flavor to it. Mm-hmm. There is a richness. There's a little bit of fruit. There's a nice texture. Mm. I don't want to go as far as to say silky or anything like that, mm. but it is just enjoyable to kind of let it um, play in the mouth a little bit. Really nice. Yeah, it's it's for me. It's a it's a bit on the rich side, and mm -hmm. it's not uh, gohyaku mangoku is the sake rice here, and that's known right. for being generally more airy and not delivering those bombastic fruit flavors, like those tropical fruit flavors. So we're getting a little bit more uh, restrained fruit profile, I think, here. And not like uh, pineapple or mango no, or anything. No. None of those tropical fruits. And no. uh, I'm getting a, a tiny bit of like, a, there's a, a little bit of an ethanol on the hmm. tail end. Um, but it clips dry before it becomes a problem. <laughs> uh, and so it's really nice. It's, it's kind of like a nice little burn, a tiny mm. little bit of a burn at the end. It's really nice and, and it complements the richness very well. Yeah, so you're picking up on a little bit of heat at the finish, on yeah. the finish, yeah. All right, so we've had our experience with the Kiki Choco. Let's move to our traditional stemmed wine glass. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna give this a swirl and then we'll give it a smell. Oh, Tim, lo and behold, 
There's a little bit more nose this time. It's really striking, isn't it? There's yes. <laughs> much more aroma available. You give it a swirl. Mm, and it's a really enjoyable aroma. Yes. Like it's, and it's, again, it's still not your tropical fruit, but it is, you're definitely getting more fruit than you were before. Hmm. And um, I want I I want to add earlier when I was having it out of the um, out of the Kiki Choco, I think I had said like I was getting some hints of banana, mm. but here it seems to be a little bit more uh, a little bit more subtly melony. Mm. Interesting. This is more of that gentle wafting from the other room. This is not punching in the face with aroma, uh, but it's still really nice. Yeah, I feel like I'm picking up on some of the really crisp seeded fruits like pear or apple mm. a little bit of that going on for me mm, apple yeah yes specifically those like those those auto, those Autumn, more autumnal yeah. varieties yes, yes. Yeah. like uh cider apples things like that that makes more sense to yeah. me oh cider that's a really good mm, yes yeah i don't know if it's a power suggestion but uh <laughs> but i get it yeah i like it yeah so let's give it a taste out of the wine glass Hmm. That works too. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like I'm getting a much more complete picture of this sake now because I am getting that aroma inhaling when I sip it and I'm getting the entire experience. I feel like I was really missing out on the aroma coming out of the Kiki Choco. And I think it's part of it is that I'm so accustomed to tasting out of the wine glass. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of like, that's what I, my expectation is that experience. Yeah. And so having it, having the nose be so muted was a little bit, a little bit stark for me, a little bit, uh, a little bit weird. Yeah. You know, what occurred to me earlier, we were talking about the history of the Kiki Choco and how it's been mm. used over decades in Japan to evaluate sake at a professional tasting situation. And it made me think like maybe... 50, 60 years ago, the primary concern, maybe it was the clarity of the sake and not the aroma. Could you be. Know? It might be the filtering techniques weren't as good back then. And so you wanted to like you show off how well filtered your sake is. Yeah, the the super aggressively charcoal filtered, like water colored sakes were very popular. Mm, it's a in big, the big 80s. Nigata. <laughs> right, led by Niigata, but many other really. Oh wow, I was making a joke. <laughs> but as you mentioned earlier, there's something to be said about the uniformity of having everybody on the same plane. I have a wine glass, but this wine glass is one that I've chosen because I feel like I get um, the aromas of sake really well and really focused for me mm. when I sip out of it. I imagine that other people. And there's there's probably hundreds of different wine glass designs that other people are more comfortable with that that do that for them. Uh, so you know the uniformity when you're doing something where you're having a comparison really it does matter. So, you know that made me think a little bit about the different evaluations that are done, and I looked up some photos from the U.S. National Sake Appraisal, which happens in mm. Hawaii every year, yes. and I don't know what situation is this year, but I looked up some photos from past years of judging and they're using the Kiki Choco on the table. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up the IWC judging, which happens in London. 
Right. And they're using wine glasses on the table. Ooh, scandal. Well, no, just just <laughs> different. Like, it's interesting. I think that the more traditional way to judge the sake would be the kikichoko. This vessel dates back longer and is more connected with the Japanese style of judging. But the IWC is born out of a Western tradition of wine tasting, and they've mm-hmm. picked up the wine glass. So it does make you think these different competitions are judging the sake using different vessels. Is it apples to oranges? Interesting. We don't have Very the answer. We, we, we do have, not. One, we day, have fruit salad. one day we will. <laughs> <laughs> Check back here at Sake Revolution for more. All right. Well, I know I'm not going to be using my Kiki Choco for my everyday drinking. No. Probably not, right? <laughs> no. This is a, a really interesting tool. It really does help you understand the clarity. It really does help you find the color. But it's missing the aroma. And, yeah. and uh, Tim, as you pointed out, it's just that maybe wasn't a factor when this became the thing they used. Yeah. You know, it's about the surface area and the the mouth of the vessel. Like the mouth mm. is wide and open and short. So it's close to the surface of the sake. And mm-hmm. as that surface area get ex- gets exposed to the air, more of those aroma compounds can escape out the sides and you don't get it funneled to your nose. So you don't get that concentrated hit of the aroma. So it it is not an ideal vessel, I think, for evaluating the aroma. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. we might be living in a transition period to a new a new type of evaluation vessel. And I think that it goes back to what you and I have always said, which is drink out of the vessel that you enjoy the most, right? Love it, yeah. Um, I personally hate it when my compounds escape out the side. So (laughs) I want things to be funneled right into my nose. Uh, So yes, definitely. I like to use a nice narrow... Mm. Uh, narrow-topped wine glass because yes. everything has no place to go. It can't escape. It only can go to my face. You want to get every ester you paid for. <laughs> every, I'm, yeah, I paid for the esters. I want every single one. I want my money's worth. <laughs> All right. Well, this was very, very fun. I had so much fun talking about the Kiki Choco. If our listeners at home have a chance to taste sake out of the 180 milliliter Kiki Choco, definitely give it a try compare it to a wine glass, and for sure let us know what you think about tasting from a Kiki Choco. And if you see that blue and white logo at the bottom of your cup, give us a shout out. Hashtag Sake Revolution. Let us know you spotted a Kiki Choco in the wild, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So fabulous to taste with you, John. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Thank you for listening again this week. And a special hello and thank you to all of our patrons. If you'd like to learn more about supporting Sake Revolution podcast, you can visit our community on Patreon. The URL is patreon.com slash sake revolution. And if you have sake questions that you need answered, do you have issues with your esters getting out the sides? <laughs> uh, you can contact us at feedback at sakerevolution.com. We also have a nice little contact form at sakerevolution.com as well. Um, in case you don't like using mail clients anymore, I totally get it. But until next time, please raise your glass. Remember to keep drinking sake and come by.